Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. <clears throat> I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Last week, we started off 2021 with our episode about communicating your next step now as part of our overall theme of this season that's been about different aspects of our psychic communication with one another. Without question, communication is the single most important ingredient in any relationship and a cornerstone in every relationship. We've seen that communication in all forms will play an essential part in which way things proceed for all of us globally this year. I'm sure that most people would not wish a repeat of most parts of 2020 for this year. If you don't want an encore performance of 2020 in 2021, start with communicating. So for today's show, we'd like to explore the question, what are friends for? After all, isn't a huge part of what makes friends a friend good communication? And as we've discussed in previous shows, psychic communication is the bigger part of all communication. In fact, all really good friends tend to report that they often finish each other's sentences or end up giving the perfect gifts to each other and sometimes the same gifts. That's happened with me. Good friends tend to laugh at the same jokes and just happen to call or show up just when the other needed it most. Great friends would say that they're in sync with each other. What's one of the qualities of your good friends that makes that person a good friend to you? You might say, well, he or she really gets me. One of our dear young friends summed it up perfectly years ago when he was only seven years old or so. Michael spent an evening with this boy at the filming of one of his TV interviews, and when his mom picked him up later and was driving the boy home, she asked him, how it was to be with Michael that evening. The boy smiled and replied, it was great. Michael could talk to me without opening his mouth. <clears throat> the, boy said that, the boy said that with total understanding that psychic communication was a normal, everyday experience. He communicated regularly without opening his mouth, but it was a rare experience for him to have his psychic communication reciprocated by someone else. Although I think humanity is starting to head in that direction more and more. One of the common qualities about close friends is their awareness of the psychic communication that happens all the time between them. I've heard of so many pairs of friends saying at one time or another that they often finish each other's sentences, as I said, or know what the other is going to say. What makes two or more people become friends with one another definitely has a lot to do with the kind 
and quality of communication they have with each other, even when their mouths aren't moving. Communication, especially psychic communication, is the foundation of any relationship. But what are friends really for? Is there a natural or innate purpose for friendship? We don't necessarily call every relationship we have a friendship, do we? And often, I've heard people make a distinction in their relationship with certain people, like, he's my biological brother, but he's not my friend, or I'm your mother, not your friend. And sometimes a person declares that the woman she's talking to is her mother and her best friend. I've heard that many times. I love my own mother dearly, but when I was a teenager or became an adult, it didn't necessarily feel that she was my girlfriend or even a close friend. She was always my mother in that guiding mode. But when I met Michael's mother, we hit it off very, very beautifully. And I felt like I got to have the experience of having a second mother and a new girlfriend. And that's saying something, too, because Kay, Michael's mom, did not speak much English, and I certainly didn't speak any Japanese whatsoever, except domo arigato, gozaimatsu, and what I still remember is don't touch my mustache, or the Japanese reply for you're welcome. I think it's doi tostemoste, something like that. I still <laughs> can't say it. Don't tostemoste. <laughs> yeah, know, just keep what don't touch my mustache. Yes, that's funnier. And... Uh, you know, American Japanese people know about that, and so they always laugh. Kay and I could get by on basic conversation in English, but a lot of our communication was psychic communication. I just loved being with her, and it felt like I understood her, and she understood me. And that was, you know, nothing off of my relationship with my own mother. It was just one of those special relationships. The verbal part of communication is important for details and specifics in this world, like exactly what time you are to get together or what to order for lunch or getting directions to get somewhere. The psychic communication is more important for the development, healing, and well-being of the relationship itself. It's the psychic communication that lets you know everything is good between you even if you disagreed on something or made a mistake with one another. Normally the, ver- ver- <laughs> normally, the verbal communication or the physical action follows the psychic communication. Obviously, there are many kinds of relationships that are important to us, and friendships are only one of them. We can be workmates that spend at least eight hours a day, five days a week together, sometimes more than we do with any other member of our family. But we could be strictly workmates and never become close friends. Often it's important to keep a professional distance in a student-teacher or healer-patient type of relationship. In fact, that's very important. If you were a therapist and got too chummy with your patient, not only may it jeopardize your license, but it may compromise the purpose for that relationship of therapist, and patient. On the other hand, the most successful healer could turn out to be the one the patient feels like he or she can communicate with as a friend as well as a professional. So, 
Being a friend or being considered a friend by someone doesn't necessarily have to become a limiting factor in a business or professional relationship. After all, I've known successful business and professional relationships that were between best friends for years and those that blew up because the partners or colleagues considered each other's friends and there were misunderstandings. So it's not necessarily the friendship that can jeopardize a certain kind of relationship. It's what the people who consider each other friends consider to be the purpose of friendship and therefore the communication can be misunderstood or skewed uh, if not made clear. Michael, what do you consider to be the main purpose of friendship? Well, of course, since friendships are such personal relationships, everyone has their own desires, expectations, and definitions about what a friend is for. (laughs) For some people, the only good friends are the ones they could regularly mooch off of. (laughs) So-called quote-unquote friends, right? Yeah, or they could count on them enabling their unhealthy or unsafe demands. Yet from a more sober but joyful and healthy perspective, A good friend can't afford to be a yes person and an enabler of destructive behavior. Again, it gets back to the kind of communication that a friend or person offers another person that counts for a big part of real friendship. Doing fun things together can definitely be a part of that communication that friends offer each other. But friendship isn't just about having a good time together. Yet friendship is what makes spending time together a good time, even in challenging circumstances. I've been absolutely blessed with having a lot of great friends. I can't imagine a lifetime without great friends. I certainly wouldn't imagine a lifetime without them, right? It's it's hard to Fathom. Fathom, yeah. It's <laughs> that's like, me mm. completing your sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's because I consider Raphael my best friend. And the single most important part of what makes her my best friend, in my opinion, is our communication. We're communicating all of the time, right? All the time. And a lot of stuff is brought to our attention from the communication. One of the things, too, that makes us good partners is we're very different. Uh, we have a bit different perspective on certain things and, and more, more to do with everyday kinds of uh, life situations and, and functions. And so what I see, sometimes Raphael doesn't. And what Raphael sees, sometimes I don't. So, hey, all of a sudden, our sphere of awareness and uh, consideration gets almost double, maybe sometimes even more than double. For me, the real purpose of friendship between two people is the learning of the purpose of relationships, When you fully believe that another person's a total stranger, you're seeing a complete separation from the whole of life. You then see 
each person being an island unto itself separated by a vast ocean. That means you see yourself as an island isolated from the whole as well. Yet it's then that you long for a friend, not just some stranger who you can't trust to have your own, you know, cover your back, so to speak, or, or your own well-being in mind. And you would long to see even one friendly face in the midst of a vast wasteland or amongst a throng of crazed people out for blood. <laughs> hey, that's happened. Yeah. The first purpose of friendship is hope for the experience of oneness that you're not isolated and abandoned by the whole. A friendship might start with just that, a friendly smile, when you're feeling down and out or losing hope or just need to be with another human being who cares about your well-being even a little bit. So kindness and compassion are integral to the relationship we call friendship. The millionaire that threw you a $1,000 check in disgust when you didn't have a penny to your name might have temporarily rescued out of a financial straits, but isn't necessarily someone you would call a good friend. Yet a kind person who couldn't do anything to save you that held your hand and comforted you in your dying process, you might consider to have been a good friend. A friend not only has your back, but has your best interests at heart. A friend relates to you from that place of wholeness, not division. As your friendship deepens and grows, what happens is that there's less and less division and isolation in each person in that relationship. Friendship continuously breaks down and dissolves the inner barriers we each create, believing we're protecting ourselves from harm. But in truth, we bring more harm to ourselves by dividing ourselves more from the whole of spirit and of life. As our friendship grows, we learn to trust that wholeness that both of us are integral parts of. Friendship teaches us not only are we in the same boat, but that we have always been in the same boat and always will be no matter what happens in the world. Friendship teaches us more and more that we're from the same source of life. Our true family heritage isn't defined by our biology. It's defined by our spirituality. There is one spirit, and we are each and all that oneness. I have several good friends around the world that I get to talk with on the phone or Zoom or whatever just a few times a year. Yet, I consider them my really good friends. Why? Because we've been friends over the very long haul, lifetimes. When you become more and more aware of yourself as the soul that you are, your life begins to cross the boundaries of time and space. You no longer are beholden to history and your friendships rise out 
of that time in the field of eternity. That's when you instantly recognize and rejoice a reunion with an old friend that you're just meeting as a so-called stranger you've never met before in person in this incarnation. But the moment you lay eyes on that person, how? You know, it's like old reunion. All the most important people in your life you've known in your previous incarnations. Relationships don't end. They just change forms. Sometimes you can be arch rivals in one incarnation and return as great friends in another. Our first break is coming up, and this is the time we tell you about our events. And um, But I do want you to know that we'll let Michael continue with his thoughts on friendship. So interesting, isn't it? Anyway, we invite you to join us for our first four teleclass remote weekend event of 2021 Yay. this Saturday. This coming Saturday, January 16th and Sunday, January 17th, included with this remote weekend event is also a bonus Zoom, Q&A, and social following the last teleclass on Sunday. Over the weekend, we'll teach what precognition, predictions, and prophecies have to do with your spiritual awakening and development. I knew that. Yeah. (laughs) How you can develop your own precognition and learn to look into the future and how to set the energy of the new year for yourself to enjoy the life you are here to live. We would love to have you join us. The title is Launch Your New Year with Certainty of Direction and Clarity of Vision. And I want to say the name of all four workshops because if you can't attend Um, All of them, by the way, you can get the recording of all of them afterwards, but if you can't attend or can't afford attending all the uh, classes, you can actually buy one at a time, too. Here they are. Saturday morning is precognition, predictions, prophecies, and your spiritual awakening, seeing the future to make your course corrections now. Saturday afternoon, prophetic visions, and your mediumship, your communication with spirit guides, angels, and the masters of wisdom. Sunday morning is enjoy making your predictions for 2021 now, discovering the future to create your next steps. And the afternoon class this coming Sunday is solving the dilemma of time travel, how to travel through time to heal yourself, transform the world, and not mess up the timeline. For all the details or to sign up, go to our website, michaeltamura.com, or call our office and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noel, at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours specific time. In just a bit, we'll continue with What Are Friends For? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tamora. 
beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. For those of you just joining us today, we've been considering the question, what are friends for? Just before the break, Michael was talking about instantly recognizing and rejoicing in a reunion of old friends that are meeting as so-called strangers uh, because they haven't met before in person. And I just wanted to make a little comment on that because we have something like that going on in the world right now like that, except it's not about past incarnations. Because of the Internet and because of social media, People are meeting and becoming friends for sometimes years and years without ever meeting in person. Yeah, that's a good example. And sometimes that connection of, I recognize this person when they look at their picture or read what they say, um, brings up the same thing in them. And sometimes they don't even ever meet in a lifetime. I've had several friends like that and some who have eventually passed away even. But I still felt like I had a real friendship with them. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have pretty much their entire courtship online <laughs> before they even meet. <laughs> I'm wondering if some never do meet and just keep it on. Yeah. <laughs> I and, suppose that could happen. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this this long before Internet and emails and texting and everything, there have been even historically famous friendships that happen by correspondence. Yes. I mean, you know, you write a letter. It takes a while to write, handwrite a letter, and then you have to find an envelope. And <laughs> well, In the early days, it took months to go from one place yeah. to another, and sometimes six months for something to go from, say, the U.S. to Europe. Even. Yeah. And, I mean, where do they get the term Pony Express? <laughs> <laughs> we have FedEx, you know, but... Uh, Express service back then was a month or, or whatever, weeks even. or weeks. Yeah, and but it's still communication. It's still communication. But many of you may have may may have noticed that when you're writing an email, it affects the other person you're writing to. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the things I've been noticing for quite a few years now, with the advent of basically a 24-hour day for. Us because businesses, friendships, families are all over the world. So while you're sleeping, how many people that are you're you're actually close to, or you work with, or you you're part of your family, whatever, good friends, are on the other side of the planet and they're awake. 
They're in the middle of their day and you're in the middle of your night. And and they're in the middle of the day and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I want to uh, uh, have my friends see this uh, great YouTube thing and sends you a link, or writes you a long email, whatever. And if they don't know how to be in their own space and, you know, this is what I'm communicating to you, but not pounding it into you, so to speak, uh, energetically, then it's it's fine. It's it won't disturb you or anything. But if you're pretty sensitive, especially, and and they're completely, you know, in your space, their attentions on you psychically, and they're even if they're in a very positive space, they're excited, and you all of a sudden wake up and go, whoa, what's going on? It's it's as if somebody just ran into your bedroom, shouting, hey, you know, happy new year, <laughs> or whatever. It's a it's a very positive energy, but it still wakes you up. And so these are things that's going on all around the world all the time these days, because there's always someone you know who's awake and have their attention. They're thinking of you. They're talking to you in their mind. They're talking to you on email, whatever it is. And on the psychic level, ah, it's all energy. So how they, how they talk to you. That's what makes the biggest difference. It's not that they shouldn't be talking to you. No, it's how, where they are. Are they in their own space talking to you or are they putting all their energy or a lot of their energy into you to talk to you? Or are you doing that with someone else? Are you doing that with someone else? This happens on a, you know, everyday level just between two people, not just one person sleeping or anything, but between two people. Why is it that certain people who come up to you and, and start talking to you and you just you just want to get away <laughs> because they're all over. Their energy is all over you. Or you walk up to uh, the, your, your boss from hell or something <laughs> and you know exactly what you wanted to say. But the minute you're in front of him, it's like, uh, 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 uh. I'll be back. <laughs> and it's sometimes it's because you, you are frightened or, you know, intimidated or whatever. But but sometimes it's because the other person just, okay, what do you want? And just rams their energy into you and you just can't even think straight anymore. That happens every day to people, you know, and and most people have no clue what just happened. They'll think, gee, normally I'm fairly intelligent <laughs> and I, I speak clearly and everything, but around this person, I just completely blank out. I can't think. It's like everything just gets into confusion or whatever. And Energetic takeover. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a corporate takeover on a personal <laughs> level. <laughs> I, I actually observed this one time years ago when I was still in my psychic training and I worked for a painting contractor and um, my boss was reprimanding one of the young men in uh, in the next room, and I could see him through the window. And he said he was pointing to something and going, "What are you doing here? And what do you think you're doing?" And the guy sort of freezes, and he he goes right up to the guy's face, starts to point to his own head, and goes, think, 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 really loud. And the poor guy was just about melting into the ground. He couldn't think straight. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. 
but I watched that energy take over and it really was a great answer because so many times I had situations like that where I just couldn't answer because someone was shoving their energy so much in my space that I couldn't answer and then it made me look stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and that's why we often talk about, you know, learning to to be aware of that but not resist it. If you if you yes. try to resist it in any way, then it pushes you out of your body. It pushes you out of your that aware part of your your mind, if you will. I know as a child, so many times when one person or a group of people just came down on me on a psychic energy level, not necessarily physically, but on a psychic energy level, most of my memories of those experiences are from about 10 feet above my head. (laughs) I'm looking down at my body and going, okay, Uh, uh, I'm up here, they're down there yelling at my body. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, it's taken a long time to learn how to be aware of it and not let it affect you. That's that's one of the keys. You know, people are going to do that stuff all the time because they don't, they just don't know. And uh, but one of the things before the break I was talking about is is relationships don't end. You know, they just change forms. Anybody who's who's had a divorce, for example, uh, well, when you're single, that's you have a certain relationship with people, and and let's say the potential partner that you know you meet and you become friends or whatever first that's a certain kind of relationship form and then the two of you decide okay let's get married and you get married now that relationship has expanded it's got a different form right and then you're married for a while and and then let's say things don't work out or whatever and you break up and you get divorced, okay? And part of the divorce might, might be that you never see each other again, never talk to each other again, okay? Yet, is the relationship gone? No, it's there. It's just changed forms. It's, it's no different than you having a really great relationship with somebody and then that person dies. Oh, is it suddenly that relationship is just like it never existed? It's gone? Only in your memory type of a thing? No. The relationship goes on. That's why we recognize people in a different lifetime when they show up in a different form themselves. They're, they're in a different body. They, they could be of the opposite gender from the last time you knew them. They could be in a completely you know, biological relationship with you like you're oh, this is one of your family members this time instead of a friend or whatever. So the form changes, and the form can change dramatically from one lifetime to another. From one time when you had this person, the soul, as the friend, it's not the body that's the friend, it's the soul that's the friend. Because the soul is what goes on, the spirit goes on. And then when that same soul comes back into a different form and you end up together again, you recognize each other in some way, shape, or form, and then you develop a new kind of a relationship form. 
lot of times, if you've been a long-time friend, it's it's like from the instant you meet each other in the new lifetime, new form, you recognize each other as spirit. The bodies are strangers, but who's in the body, who's living through that and expressing himself or herself through that body is not a stranger at all. It's just like, whoa, you hit it off right from the beginning. But as with all relationships, friendships have their ups and downs, right? Yeah, just because you're friends, you're not the total chummy chummy, everything is wonderful, everything's beautiful all the time. No, there's, especially if you're really good friends, you face challenges together. And sometimes it's one person's challenge that the other person volunteers to support and, and face it, let's face it together, even though this isn't my challenge. Just makes it easier, stronger. But sometimes the challenge is between them. Oh, yes. a difference in opinion, a misunderstanding like Raphael is talking about. Something, you say one thing and they hear the opposite and you, you get into an argument and all that kind of stuff. That's not happy making. But if you're really good friends, what, what helps you is you communicate, you get through it. And you go, oh, okay, that was a misunderstanding rather than, uh, it's your fault and and I'm never going to talk to you ever again type of a thing. So when you, let's say, break up from a, a friendship or a marriage relationship or any kind of partnership relationship and because of hurt and pain and whatever. And um, so you don't see each other physically. You don't talk to each other. But is that relationship over? No. It's in your mind, isn't it? It's not just reflecting on the how good it used to be and what happened, but no, you're thinking about that person. That pop person pops up in your awareness of, oh yeah, I wonder what that person's doing. And or what how come I feel so bad in relationship to this person now than I used to? You're you're it's constantly there. And you might bury yourself in, in work or, or partying or whatever uh, distractions, but that relationship continues. And unless you start to somehow resolve it within your own self, you know, sometimes the other person uh, won't let you anywhere near them, okay? Or the other person dies. The relationship still goes on. And that's the... The confirmation of that is, oh, reincarnation, you should come back together. It's even person you thought, oh, finally, I finally got rid of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and next lifetime, they show up <laughs> as your child <laughs> or, or something like that. Or your boss, you know, and you go, whoa, <laughs> I guess I, you just can't get rid of a relationship. So... Any of you out there thinking in terms of how can I one day get rid of this relationship? Yes, you can You can go different ways physically, but you're not going to ever get rid of the relationship. So within your own self, you have to. You have to resolve that relationship. Even if physically you never see each other again. And physically, the, the other person absolutely denounces you and says, you know, uh, I'm never going to talk to you ever again. That's okay for them. That's their problem. They have to deal with it. 
What you have to deal with is what you carry within your own mind, what's within you. All right? So, you know, one of the things that's so important in any relationship, but especially friendship, is one of kindness and compassion. And and what makes a friendship a friendship is it has to last. It has to last. You know, you don't have a one-night friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow, that relationship, what makes a relationship last over time is forgiveness. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes are very painful, not only to the person who's making it, but to someone else, especially a close friend. And so that's going to happen. It's just as common as somewhere along the way, you're going to trip and and drop stuff. You didn't mean to do it, but it happens. And then what do you have to do? You have to deal with the outcome. You have to, if you spilt milk, you have to, you know, clean it up (laughs) or get a, a big cat or group of cats. <laughs> One of the things I've been happy to see is, you know, amongst all the um, TV shows and movies out there about vengeance and mm. getting back at people and all that, I have witnessed a change in heart in some shows where they are showing uh, people who are forgiving other people for things. Even I would go, wow, that'd be hard to move on in a friendship and still have it with that in your history. But it is possible that forgiveness factor is really important. Our second break is upon us already. So I wanted to remind you, as we do um, at this point in our show, that you can call our office to purchase any of our edited and mastered teleclasses, courses, all-day seminars, and retreats as MP3 downloads to inspire you and to give you simple but powerful tools you can apply in your daily life and to help you manage its various challenges. You can find many of the titles and descriptions by clicking on the download audio tab in the events menu section of our website, michaeltamura.com, or by calling our office and speaking with our assistant, Noel, who knows everything. And the number is 1-530-926-2650. When we return, we'll continue with What Are Friends For? See you in a couple minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. 
a must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer, the award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's great to have you back. We've been exploring the question. What are friends for? I'm going to give another answer to that question. One of the answers to that question is your friends are here for your spiritual growth, just like everything else in your life. Whatever whatever is going on in your friendship or friendships is often a reflection of what is going on inside of you. And oftentimes it's not pretty. Uh, yes. So, you know, sometimes you look at your friend and you point your finger and you go, you know, this and that and this and that, which is negative, but you're really looking at something inside of yourself in, in that friend or even foe. And, you know, your enemies, quote unquote, are really a form of friendship when it comes to your ultimate spiritual growth. Michael has a saying, um, your friends... Uh, teach you about love love, Mm -hmm. and your enemies teach you the truth because they're not afraid to spew it out (laughs) at you. (laughs) They're not afraid about hurting your feelings. But sometimes when you get that, it's one of the most more important messages you get from someone. So in that sense, maybe you might not consider an enemy a friend, but they are a teacher. So your friends are your teachers. They're your spiritual teachers, even the children around you are your spiritual teachers. I've had some amazing experiences with kids. Also, I wanted to talk about something our teacher used to teach us about love relationships, and I really believe this is true in friendships as well. And in fact, the best love relationships start as friendships. If you have a friendship first, that becomes one of the more important things to preserve in a love relationship. Even if the love goes away, the friendship might still be there. You know, the love uh, love relationship type of love. Anyway, those three qualities that our teacher, Louis Bostwick, used to teach us about, I say used to because he passed over a number of years ago, is affinity, reality, and guess what? Communication. You can't really have a friendship, a relationship of any kind without good, clear communication or communication of some kind. You know, if somebody's upset and raising their voice, at least it's communication and not withholding communication. But even if someone is withholding communication, they're still communicating. 
Yeah, and as Raphael was talking about, the picture I was looking at is the stereotypical typical old couple that's been married for 80 years, <laughs> whatever. Hey, we're getting there. I don't know. <laughs> Almost 30. And, and they're at their breakfast table, and each one's reading a different newspaper, and they got their uh, cereal box in the middle, and then the two bowls of cereal and everything, and nobody's saying anything to, any, to anybody. And But the communication is happening. A lot of psychic communication is ha- happens in silence. That's what makes people uncomfortable about silence, or you know, being with others in silence. And that's why some groups and people, teachers, have silent retreats. You know, you get a group of people in the same room, and they're there for an extended period of time, running into each other, but you can't talk out loud. What happens? Oh, all kinds of things start to happen because how often do you cover up your real communication with talking? (laughs) The talking becomes the distraction. Talking becomes, let's, I I don't want to go there. I don't want to really communicate about what I really need to communicate about. So let's talk about some, you know, nice sky out, out there. Just it's fill blue. Up the, just fill up the air with words. With words and noise. Yeah. So that's not really communication. That's just making noise. But, you know, uh, understand, comprehensible, uh, comprehensible words being thrown around. But, but it's not real communication. What's the real communication? of that which isn't being spoken. So when you sit in silence with someone, especially someone you've known for a long time, a friend, you know that, oh, this silence, you know that when this person, your friend, is silent, you know he's silent because he's thinking about something important, doesn't want to be disturbed. Or this silence is different. It's He's silent because he's hurting and can't really verbalize what's going on. This silence is even still different. It's because he's angry at you and and doesn't want, you know, to talk to you. Get away. (laughs) It could be all kinds of different silences, right? All silence isn't the same. And what makes the silence not the same, even with the same person, is what they're really saying, what they're communicating on a psychic, inner psychic Mm -hmm. level, what they're communicating as the soul person that they are rather than the body person, right? The body person's saying nothing, but the soul person within is going help or get lost or Let's just sit together quietly. Let's enjoy the peace. Or let's go within. It's time to meditate. Whatever the person's saying. Now, communication. How many people do you know who are incredible communicators? Their communication is clear. You understand what they say. It's they say what they mean, all that stuff on a consistent level. But even the most consistent communicator sometimes is all mumble jumble. It's like they wake up on the wrong side of the 
bed and and they're just like stumbling through walking into walls and they don't know if they're coming or going so when you're in that kind of a state within even if you don't say anything even if you put on best makeup and best clothing and everything and you look good on the outside and you put on the good act of I I got it together I'm on top of it If you're paying attention to the psychic communication within that person, coming from the soul of that person, then you know, oh yeah, this person looks like he or she is on top of the world and, and you know, everything's great, but oh, there's something going on here. You may not necessarily get exactly what's going on until you start to explore it a little bit more. Now. I've seen so many times where a friend sees the other friend in that kind of a state and goes, you know what? It looks good on the outside. They're saying, I'm fine. Everything's great. But something's going on. And so if you're a pretty close friend, you might venture out to say, hey, what's what's going on? And the friend continues to say, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Why do you keep on asking? <laughs> then you know, okay, he or she isn't fine. All right. But isn't wanting to or can't communicate at this time. You know, can't is a relative word. It's never impossible. Everyone ultimately can, but at the time, a person might find it way too overwhelming, way too much to be able to, you know, or they're too confused, they're too upset, they're too something, hurt. They can't verbalize. They can't put into a linear sequence of words that's clear or comprehensible. And so they shut up. But you being a friend, Oh, recognizes. No, they're communicating. It's it's very similar to communicating with your pets, animals. That's right. Yeah, or wild animals even. And with animals, you know right from the onset, they're not going to speak English or French or Japanese or whatever language you speak <laughs> verbally. Yeah, they're not going to use words like that. So if you want to communicate with an animal... Or even like a baby. Babies don't speak in words uh, until they learn vocabulary. But does that mean the baby's not communicating? No, they're communicating all the time. And so if you need to, especially if you're a parent or whatever, a caregiver, you need to be able to communicate with that being, with the soul of the person, the soul of the animal. Yes, animals have souls. And they are. We are all spirit. We just have different forms. And sometimes the different forms have different kinds of abilities and consciousness. So we got to learn about the other species. And, I mean, this is one of the great things of being a parent is if the child, you know, lives long enough, they're going to go through teenagehood. Mm-hmm. That's when you have to learn to speak with intergalactic species. <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> so, so this is why animal communication is becoming a 
you know, a topic in the mainstream of society now. It has to be because that's right next to that's right next to being able to communicate with a baby, with an infant who hasn't learned how to speak a language, that a verbal language, which means, oh, if you learn how to do that, you can speak to a child who doesn't have a big adult vocabulary. And not only do they not have a vocabulary that's big as an adult's usually, they don't have the life experience. That's even more important than the vocabulary. When a child hasn't had, even though the soul might be an old soul of many, many, many lifetimes, comes in, yeah, sure, they're going to be much more communicative and clear than uh, a beginner soul, so to speak. But being in a body, that's the tool. It's, it's like being in a, uh, a smartphone that doesn't have all the apps downloaded into it yet. So they can't just push a button and say those things. They'll say it in their own childlike vocabulary way. Like but screaming. If, yeah. <laughs> but if you learn to communicate, if you learn to listen and watch on a psychic level, ah, that's the stuff of friend for me anyway. That's the stuff of friendship. Yeah. That's when when you start to have this deep, much deeper understanding of who this person really is. And just like Raphael said in the beginning. All relationships are for our learning. We have relationships and especially friendships so that we can learn as souls and fulfill our purpose for being here so that we can finish school, which is incarnations. That's right. And part of that is that wonderful spirit to spirit communication with your friends. Well, we're coming to the end of our show already. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it and gained some new insight, understanding, and tools. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for Being Your Own Best Friend. We'll continue with our exploration of friendship by looking at whether anyone can really learn to be his or her own best friend, and if so what it takes to do that. We also encourage you to join us this Saturday, January 16th and Sunday, January 17th for any or all of our special remote for teleclass and bonus Zoom Q&A event um, titled Launch Your New Year with Certainty of Direction and Clarity of Vision, all about predictions. Learn what precognition, predictions, and prophecies have to do with your spiritual awakening and development and how you can develop your own precognition and learn to look into the future and how to set the energy of the new year for yourself to enjoy the life you are here to live. Make sure to check out our January website events listing for all details and to sign up. You can also sign up by calling our office at 530-926-2650. And our website, by the way, is michaeltamora.com. We hope to see you there. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We will happily See you next week. I predict that. Yeah. (laughs) 
We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 